the Yak Legion Podcast, and the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast are sponsored by the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. You can reach them at BuckeyeKayakFishingTrail.com. Strictly Sail in Blue Ash, Ohio. Reach out to Brian for all your Hobie needs at 513-984-1907. And American Tackle Company. You can find them at americantackle.us. You're listening to the Yak Legion Podcast. Tonight I have a special guest from Wildlife Women, Melissa Blair, the vice president of this great organization. They do a whole lot of stuff for women, getting them involved in the outdoors and fishing and hunting all over the great state of Kentucky. And you guys are expanding too. I'm excited to have you on. How's it going, Melissa? It's going great. How are you doing, Zach? Oh, pretty good, you know, just uh, going to work every day. I just come back from a fishing tournament this weekend. I camped out of Houston Woods on Acton Lake, and it was a real nice time, you know, sitting around the campfire with a few beers and catching some bass, and I really enjoyed myself. Well, good. I, that's that's the best kind of fun you can have, anything in the outdoors, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. I see you uh, brought down a tom turkey the other day. I sure did. Uh, I actually got the chance and I doubled with a, a friend of mine. Um, him and his uh, wife and boys um, was coming down um, to join me in on a hunt. I actually uh, went with a neighbor that is uh, close to where my sister lives down in Spencer, Tennessee. And uh, he was doing a wounded warrior hunt wow. with some veterans. So um, he asked me if I knew any veterans. So I invited three. And uh, out of the three, I only had one that was able to come. So uh, uh, Evan Smith and uh, his family was coming down, and uh, his his wife actually had to stay home with the boys. Um, her dad had uh, had some heart problems and got put in the hospital. So Evan came on down. He said, I wasn't missing this opportunity. And uh, I took him out on my sister's property, and uh, some of the other wounded warriors were out there. And... Uh, it happened really quick. I couldn't believe how quick that that's the fastest hunt I've ever had in my life. And it probably will never, ever happen again. It was too funny in a sense. We parked the truck and I got out and hit my hood out call and we had turkeys gobbling all around us. And I told him where a hot spot was with turkeys and we was going to walk down this little road. And uh, he said, you know, there's a turkey gobbling back here behind us. And I said, yeah, I said, but I've never seen any turkeys down here in this field. I said, but it's whatever you want to do. I said, this is your hunt. He said, hit that hoot owl call again. So here I go. I hit that hoot owl call. Sure enough, that turkey gobbled behind us. And then a little while later, we had another and gobbled down the road. He said, we're a lot closer to this than behind us. Why don't we just walk down here? I said, sure. It's your hunt. We're going to do it. So we, we was probably 200 yards from my truck. Put out uh, a Jake decoy and two hens. And we sat back on the side of this little this little dirt road where there was some little pine trees and sat down on the ground. And it was so funny because we just sat down. And, of course, I got to have my coffee every morning. And I took my thermos of coffee out there. And I'm getting my thermos of coffee. And I set my camera up because wildlife women, we, we try to film a lot of stuff. And here I am. I set that thing up. And I had just opened it and turned it on to record because every time I sat down, I start recording just for a few minutes. 
And I reached down and picked up my thing of coffee and went to take a drink. About the time I went to take a drink, he punched me in my shoulder. And I went, I looked at him and he pointed up. And there was this big tom flying down out of the trees and flew right into the field beside of us. And he looked at me and I looked at him and I said, is that a tom or a hen? He said, I don't know. It's too far away. I can't see it. I said, I can't either. Well, we waited and we waited and it might have been 30 seconds to a minute. And all of a sudden, in that same area, out struts a big gobbler, full strut, feathers, tail feathers and everything. Mm -hmm. And I went, well, that's a Tom. We know that for sure. He said, yep. So he lets a couple of cuts on a mouth call he had. And the other, that big Tom walks towards that other turkey and they turn and start walking away. And he does another couple of cuts. Well, when he did, they heard us. Their heads turned our direction. They seen the decoys and they started walking real fast toward our decoys. And I looked at him and he looked at me and I said, I can't tell if it's two gobblers or a hen and a gobbler. He said, I can't yet either. And then about that time they stopped and he done another cut. And here they come a running. And I looked at him. I said, they're both Toms. He said, yep. I said, we're going to double. He said, yep. I said, I got the one on the right. You got the one on the left. He said, it sounds good to me. They got straight to our decoys. And one went, one like the head went straight up. The other one ducked. And we went, shoot. And we both, I mean, we didn't even count down. And we just so happened to shoot right at probably the same time, close to it, and kill both gobblers. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> 10 minutes. We wasn't there 10 minutes from the time we got out of my truck to the time we sat down. We killed two gobblers. Wow, that's a pretty impressive. You guys bagged them so fast, but <laughs> what did you do the rest of the morning? <laughs> that's, what, that's what we said. You know, in the, here in Tennessee, you can, you can tag three turkeys, but they're like Kentucky, and you can only kill one turkey per day. So there we killed our turkey for the day, and we looked at each other and was like, well, that is wonderful, but it kind of sucks. You know, what we're supposed to do the rest of the day. We could have killed, we could have, we could have done our limit that day. The gobblers gobbled all around us while we talked and, and everything. So um, it was awesome. We actually come back. He, he was, uh, he has some health conditions. So he actually laid down and took him a big long nap because he had had a, about a six to seven hour drive from southern Indiana, actually, all the way down here to Spencer, Tennessee. And uh, because his wife couldn't come with him, he had to drive himself, and it kind of wore him out. So, But uh, we uh, we had a real good cookout that evening, and uh, it was really nice. And we had a real good weekend. We got out hunted the next day, and uh, we had gobblers gobbling but couldn't get any into us. And then uh, we went back out on uh, Sunday morning, and... It was hush mouth, and the wind was blowing, and the temperatures had dropped, mm-hmm. and uh, it it just there was nothing going on. So I hated that he couldn't at least killed him one more turkey, but it was an awesome experience uh, just to be able to uh, double. That's the first time I've ever doubled with anybody. I've never had two gobblers come in like that at one time, wow. and uh, it was pretty awesome experience. Well, I appreciate you working with wounded warriors. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, you know, wildlife women, we're, we're all a part about just 
being able to enjoy the outdoors. We, we educate, inspire, and encourage women to get into the outdoors. But we're always here also to help our, our local veterans, our community, our youth. You know, any any way we can help, we're always trying to do something. And all the ladies with Wildlife Women tries to do some kind of fundraiser each year. And it doesn't mean the fundraiser has to be for us. They can figure out what kind of fundraiser they want to do, whether it's some kind of organization uh, like Wounded Warrior or, or a cancer, uh, you know, breast cancer or or just even a, a school, a local school in their area or what have you. And uh, they've, the girls, the ladies, I call them girls, but the ladies, they've all done an awesome job and uh, have done some great fundraisers over the last few years. Well, so getting into it, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, what is Wildlife Women? <laughs> Well, we're a nonprofit organization, and we actually started here in Kentucky, actually in southeast Kentucky, where I'm from, and the founder and president, Bridget Holbrook, um, she's one of my best friends. Um, that's where it started, right in southeast Kentucky. Um, her daughter is actually, uh, has very severe allergies, food allergies, and um, her daughter um, relied on fresh game to eat because any kind of processed food or anything pretty much out of the grocery store, she had allergic reactions to. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So when uh, Bridget become a single mom, um, she decided that she wasn't going to depend on her daughter's uh, dad to bring the food in anymore. And she was going to help out too. You know, she, it was her daughter also. So Bridget had relied on some family members and some really good friends to basically try to teach her how to hunt, how to get into the outdoors, help her harvest meat, and what have you. And she also had a really bad fear of guns. So she used a compound bow. And uh, she decided after a couple of years, she was like, well, I know how to do this. I'm going to go out all by myself and get me a couple of deer this year. And she went the whole deer season and didn't get one deer. Yeah. And so she just more or less had a mental breakdown and um, she put a post on Facebook and said, how many women out there would like to learn how to hunt? And within 30 minutes to an hour, she had over 50 responses of women that said they wanted to learn how to do it. So Bridget was like, I just wanted to form this little club of us women trying not to have any drama, but just to be able to get out in the outdoors and learn how to hunt. So it all started with us just trying to meet in a few restaurants over dinner and talk about things we want to learn how to do and what we wanted to do. And before we know it, it blew up into this nonprofit organization because we had women coming to us saying, well, I don't want to hunt, but I want to learn how to shoot a bow or I want to learn how to shoot a gun or I want to learn how to fish or I want to learn how to do this or that. So we turned this into a nonprofit organization where we educate, inspire, and encourage women to get into the outdoors and enjoy it. And we are now in seven states. Wow. In New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Kentucky, Alabama, Mississippi, and Arkansas. And uh, Bridget's daughter actually lives in North Carolina, so she's going to be starting it up in that area. Wow, you guys need to come up here in Ohio. We need uh, represent representation in Ohio. I agree. I agree. We we just have ladies who come to us and say, "Hey, I want to uh, do wildlife women in my area. How do I do that?" So, I just uh, email them a, a, a application, and they can fill that out. And it tells on the back of the application once they fill it out what it is that they're expected to do, 
and it's just you know to hold a few events through the year and uh just we have paperwork of course we're a nonprofit, and that's about it you know we we just have to make sure everything goes and everybody enjoys ourselves and everybody's learning how to do something <laughs> yeah i saw you guys run workshops i saw one for fly fishing like teaching women how to fly fish yes that is our heather um she's a chapter leader up towards northern kentucky and she actually is from alaska and was in a fishing family and uh, she is all about and loves and, and wanted to learn fly fishing so she this is i think her second year um, organizing a fly fishing event and it's a workshop trying to teach ladies how to do fly fishing and uh, she actually put together some great she reached out to some companies and got some stuff donated and uh, has put together some awesome goodie bags for that event uh, for the ladies to take home. And uh, it's, it's just, Heather does a great job. All of our chapter leaders does a great job, but Heather has really took on this fly fish and stuff. And, and I'm so proud of her. Well, that's amazing. So you guys have different chapters. You're basically there just as a resource for women that are interested in, in the outdoors. That's correct. We have ladies like, we have more chapter leaders, as we call them, through Kentucky. And the chapter leader are just mainly responsible for organizing events or workshops or just something to, you know, a get together in the county that they live in and the surrounding counties. And then they, some of them has reached out and actually done events in other states because they found a great deal. Um, you know, if we ha happen to have a chapter leader in that state that another chapter leader in another state finds a deal in their state, they'll contact them and say, hey, let's me and you do this event together. I've got all the resources and this is in your state. And so let's do this. So it's just it all works out really great. Um, we uh, we all love getting together with other women and especially having an event and having a lady to come to us and say, thank you so much for doing this, you know, because it's helped me be more confident and be able to know more of what I'm doing. And, uh, it, you know, it, it's just awesome. We just feel like if we hold a women's event that the women feels more comfortable being around more women. And we don't hold, you know, all of our events is not completely all women. We're not all about just women. We're about the family and everybody in the outdoors. So I would say about 70% of our events is just women only. And then the rest of it is family-oriented events or youth events or women and children events. Wow, that's amazing. You know, we mentioned on the phone before about um, how it's intimidating for women a little bit getting into these sports, you know, hunting and fishing that are mainly male-dominated. And, you know, this tournament this past weekend, we had, I think, uh, what, 60-some anglers in our, in, our, in our club, and only three of them were women. I think two or three of them were women. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. What can we do to get women more involved in the, in the fishing and the outdoor sports? Well, um, I think that the women, they, they need to realize that they can do it also, you know, that they can step out into to it and do it. And there's people out there that can help them do it. And I know it can seem a little intimidating, but if they reach out to Wildlife Women, um, there's some other great organizations that we even work with or that we have maybe uh, done things with. And even some of our girls has went to their events. 
uh, like uh, her wilderness and um, oh Lord, they're all going to hate me because I can't say anything. Miss mm-hmm. Pursuit and Sisterhood and oh, there's there's just so many out there. There's even water a uh, female waterfowl federation that mm-hmm. you know just does the duck hunting and things like that. But you know, just because we have a certain name and it doesn't mean that we do a certain thing. We're all about anything in the outdoors and you know, if a woman wants to do it, then she just needs to put her mind to it and realize that she can and that there's other women out there or even other guys that will help them. And us, all these these uh, nonprofit organizations or these lady organizations is always here to help them. You know, that's awesome what you guys do, because like a woman trying to get into the outdoor sport. And when she meets up with a bunch of guys, you know, like if she meets up with a group of guys to go duck hunting or kayak fishing, and it's one woman versus what five, four or five guys, you know, right. I, I can understand how can that that can be uncomfortable. And I love that there's these organizations that you know a woman can show up and there's four or five other women, so you're you know, right. you don't you're not as it's not as intimidating. You guys feel more comfortable with each other. And exactly. it's a better environment to learn from, I think. Yes, it is. It is. We've had a, a few kayak events. Some of the ladies has had them. Um, we actually have one of our chapter leader, uh, Cassie Diamond. She's in West Virginia, and she's right at the West Virginia and Kentucky border. So she kind of does a few things over in Pike County, Kentucky, and, and that end in southeast Kentucky. But um, she has a float them if you got them event each year. It's an annual mm-hmm. event. So uh, it's kayaks or canoes or floats or whatever you got. It's like it's almost like a a Mardi Gras a Mardi Gras. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Mardi Gras on the river. Yeah, on the river. So it's really it's it's uh it's really great. It's a whole family event. It's not women. It's a whole family and and uh, you know we we just always ask if kids come that make sure they have to sign a paper and make sure they have an adult with them. So. But it's it's an awesome event. The people love it, and uh, she sometimes has some prizes to give away for that. One year, uh, the Bass Pro Shop up in that area actually donated a kayak, so she got to wow. give that away. So yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. The ladies, um, we have some of our ladies that is avid fishermen. Let me tell you, we've got Alex up in northern Kentucky, Alexandra Ballard. And she is all about fishing. She was fishing this weekend because she said the turkeys just wasn't cooperating. So she went fishing. And uh, she is, she's one person that I'll have to say, she fishes all the time, it seems like. And, and she's good at it, too. And, uh, but I, she even kayaks fish. I kayak fish. I grew up on Lake Cumberland. Uh, my family, even though we was in southeast Kentucky, we always had a place down in south central Kentucky on Lake Cumberland. And that's what I did most of my life is fishing. I just took up hunting later on after uh, I, I had kids and was married and everything. But um, fishing is what I grew up doing. Always, my dad, I was the oldest of four kids. He'd come in the house. Well, he'd come in where I was sleeping at, like at 5, 5.30 every morning. He'd say, hey, miss, it's time to get up. And I'd say, okay. And I'd jump out of that. I was in a bunk bed. So I'd jump out of that bunk bed. My sister was in the bottom asleep. I'd put on a pair of jogging pants is what we called them back when I was a kid <laughs> and a t-shirt, stick my hair in a ponytail and out the door I'd go and jump in the, the truck with dad. He, uh, we just had to drive like it wasn't even half a mile 
down the road and uh, he would usually when I was younger he would put a rope on the front of the boat and then he would dump it and I'd hold the rope and then he would come and he'd go park the truck but as I got older I was able to back the truck down into the water and dump him in the boat and then go park the truck and then he'd pull up to the boat dock and come get me so but we me and my dad we spent a lot of time out on the water we loved to troll um, and do some things. Even my papa, as I called him, my mom's dad, he uh, he was always down there, and we take him out every morning trolling too. And it was just, uh, you know, I'm I'm glad I have those memories because um, they were sweet memories. And that's one thing I always tell everyone is go out and do something and make memories. You know, you don't know when someone's going to be there and how long they're going to be there with you or how long you're going to be here and you want that person or you want to be able to remember that person, something that you did in the outdoors or something that you all enjoy doing. So that's wow, what that's, I always. That's beautiful. I love that. Uh, yeah. Sounds like it, it, for, it turns you into the woman you are today. You know, all the outdoor experiences you had as a little girl and, you know, I have a little daughter and I can't wait to, you know, I'm already taking her kayaking and fishing awesome. when I can. And I can't wait till she gets a little bit bigger. She's three years old right now. Right. Uh, she gets a little bit bigger. I'm going to start taking her out on more serious fishing trips and hunting trips. Awesome. And, uh, that's, I love hearing that, those kind of stories. Your dad, yeah. you know, father and daughter out fishing. And I can tell it turned you into the woman you are today. And uh, <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I have to say I had, I have. Uh, my dad passed away about four years ago with, from cancer, but I have some great parents, so I still got my mom around. But uh, I've got my dad's thermos, one of those big <laughs> green thir Stanley thermoses, you know. Uh, I It was what dad took out in the boat every morning with his coffee, and he'd sit back there as we was trolling, drinking his coffee. So I've got his Stanley thermos now, and so when I go on long hunts like that, I've got it full of coffee, and it, you know, it makes me remember the, the great memories I had with dad. Wow. So we'll be right back after these messages. Now a word about all the awesome companies who support the Yak Legion podcast. Venom Lures. Venom Lures in Lancaster, Ohio is known for their great soft plastics and terminal tackle. They have been providing quality products from right here in Ohio since 1984. Mr. Dustin Carnes is the new owner of Venom Lures and inventor of the DK rig. It's a weedless version of the Ned rig that's taking the fishing world by storm. Check them out at VenomLures.com. Strictly Sailing Kayak. Strictly Sailing Kayak is located on Kenwood Road in Blue Ash, Ohio. They sell Hobie, New Canoe, Feel Free, Three Waters, and Johnny Boat Kayaks. They have been providing high quality service to fishermen and watercraft enthusiasts since 1978. Reach out to Brian Tacey at 513-984-1907 or check them out at strictlysailinc.com. American Tackle. American Tackle, the inventors of the microwave line guide system, sells a variety of terminal tackle and fishing lures along with custom rods and accessories. You can find them at americantackle.us. 
the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. It's the biggest kayak fishing trail in Ohio and holds fishing events all over the Buckeye State. Check out their website at BuckeyeKayakFishingTrail.com. And that's for more information and details. Come out and fish with us, y'all. Hey, thanks everyone for listening to the podcast and all the support. You can follow Yak Legion on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and all of those can be found at the Yak Legion Podcast. You can email us with any questions at the Yak Legion Podcast at gmail.com. We have Yak Legion decals for sale on the Facebook page. Every decal sold, guys, goes a long way to support the podcast. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll give you a shout-out on the podcast to say thanks for all the support. OPH Outdoors. OPH Outdoors is a local Ohio Anglers YouTube channel. Learn all the tips and tricks from fishing Ohio's waters, along with seeing some of the fish Ohio has to offer. From fishing footage to seasonal based fishing knowledge, OPH Outdoors has videos for every Ohio angler. All right, and we are back with Melissa Blair of Wildlife Women. So, Melissa, it seems like you have a lot of character from talking to you on the phone, from talking to you on the podcast, and, you know, just kind of following you the last few days. You seem like you have an abundance of character in the wildlife industry. How did you get involved in everything? Now, you, you mentioned that your dad took you fishing. How did you really get into to, um, hunting and fishing and involved with wildlife women like you are now? Well, um, you know, like I said, I grew up fishing and I was always interested in uh, guns and just doing a little hunting. I know my dad did a little bit of squirrel hunting, but um, as I got older and uh, got out of high school, I actually worked in a sheriff's office as a dispatcher. Wow. Yeah. So uh, the, the, it was so neat because the deputies in there were, were like my dad's. And they just kind of took me in as a daughter because I, I, they seen how I loved guns so much and wanted to learn about them. So they'd go out on the shooting range to do qualifying and stuff. And they'd always say, come on, miss, let's go out here. You're going to shoot these guns. And I'd be like, all right, let's go, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, they, uh, I just, I loved those guys. They all took care of me. You know, it, it was just like a, a father-daughter relationship with every one of them. And uh, they respected my dad and and everybody really well. But uh, when I got married and uh, started having kids, I, I kept saying I wanted to do some hunting. And uh, I was always told, well, I'll take you, I'll take you. But it never really happened because, you know, life and you get busy with work and get busy with your kids and this and that. And uh, I just kind of took it on myself and decided, well, if I'm going to hunt, I'm just going to have to do it on my own. I had land right behind my house and would watch deer run up and through it and down it and every which way. So taunt, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was taunting me, you know, it was there and you'd hear turkeys gobble during the spring and it's like, okay, I got to do something about this. I, you know, so basically I just kind of talked to friends and, and people I knew and just kind of took it upon myself. Um, I took, um, gun up and you know would deer hunt and uh 
this and that. And the first deer I took, I was just like, I, I couldn't believe I'd done it. That was just like a hunt I'll never forget either. That that was kind of fast and pure luck, probably, because I didn't even have a tree stand. I just went up in the woods and sat down at the base of a tree. And, um, you know, I, I, I was never really taught that stuff. And then when uh, my friend, my best friend, Bridget Holbrook, when she decided to do this wildlife women, she contacted me and said, you got to you got to do this with me. You got to help. You know, we got to do this. And I was like, sure, I'm your right hand person. Let's do this. So I never will forget. Probably one of the first big events we went to was a coon hunt. Well, I'd always wanted to go coon hunting, but I'd never been. So here we go. Coon hunting up in northern. Oh, my Lord. Let me just tell you, <laughs> that was the most fun I've ever had in my life. We had a ball, literally ball. The video on all that was hilarious because um, we do have a TV show, but um, it's actually done out of a local TV station in southeast Kentucky. But once they play it on their local TV network, they put it on their YouTube channel. So I kind of tie that to our website. So I, I have a website menu uh, tab that says WWTV, and I link all the YouTube videos on it so people can find it pretty easy. But um, it was hilarious because Bridget is was never brought up with animals like dogs or cats and stuff. <laughs> so here we go coon hunting with dogs and I'm down on the ground with them. Like, you know, they're licking me in the face and I'm loving on them. And I'm like, oh, I love this dog. And she's like holding the leash like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> so it's hilarious. I'm like, Bridget, you got to hold it. You got to take control. You got to do this. And, you know, so it, it was hilarious. But uh I got involved with wildlife women just because of Bridget and what she's done. And uh, from there, we just grown so much and talked about the things that we wanted to learn how to do and, and, and brought on more women and the events that they had and just being able to connect with people in the outdoors um, by going to the national wild Turkey Federation convention every year in Nashville uh, being able to meet the people that I see on Facebook or on Instagram or on uh, Udo or any of the other outdoor apps and, you know, and, and being able to introduce myself and actually be face to face instead of something that we see a post through has absolutely just changed my life because it's made me, well, it's not made me, it's, it's given me the opportunity to have more friends and be able to connect with them because I got to meet them personally. And they just, you know, have took us ladies, wildlife women, they love what we're about. And, and it, you know, if they get to know me, they'll invite me down. I've got uh, Brian Sin and his family down in Alabama and uh, Jeff and Hannah Barron down in Alabama. They're really good friends. And uh, they call me and, you know, they, they were like, come down here. We want you to come catfish noodling. And, all this stuff. So I did. I, I went, I've been down there and Jeff and Hannah had uh, to do some uh, filming when I was down there that weekend. But I went out with Brian and Brenda Sin and, and their kids and I had an absolute ball. I was scared at first. You know, who wouldn't be scared? And as a matter of fact, the first time I noodled, I it, it, the water was up to my neck. So here I was struggling because I'm one of those that had to hold my nose when I went underwater. Yeah. Well, when you noodle catfish, you don't hold your nose. You got to get down there and use your hands. Oh, so yeah. I, 
I was down there under that water trying to keep from sucking water up my nose, and I ended up noodling Brian Sin's head <laughs> at the top of his head. I grabbed her and pulled him up, and, and, and he looked at me and said, what are you doing? I said, my butt keeps floating to the top of the water. He yeah. said, you got to put, he said, there's a rock, there's a, it was a slab of concrete. He said, put your foot in that slab and use your legs and pull yourself down. Finally, I got the hang of it and we brought a big catfish up. She's about 20 pounds and wow. she's full of eggs. And so uh, we turned her back loose and uh, then we went to another area and uh, had a catfish that was uh, probably a good 40 pounder. Holy and cow. Yeah, so Brian was trying to help me, and we was up under this little dock, this little walkway, and uh, he had his hand down in that hole, and he was trying to make sure it was fish, and he's like, oh yeah, this is good, and it's it's 40-pounder, give me a hand. So about the time I'm sliding my hand down in there, the catfish got loose, and it went by him and went between my legs, and I clenched my legs together, and rode that catfish <laughs> it turned me around in a circle i'm serious it turned me around in a circle they videoed it here i am going around it's like riding a bucking bronco or something or you know a, a, a big bull or a horse or whatever and here i am riding this catfish and it turns me around in the water and about that time it finned me so of course i let go and it took off and i said that was a big catfish <laughs> Melissa player, catfish rider. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. That's what you can call me. Riding those catfish out in the water. <laughs> you know, that's funny. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. Oh, Holy goodness. cow. So you're that's... noodling catfish. You're hunting for coon. I didn't know you guys had a TV show. Yes, we got a TV show. Like I said, it, it's on a little local TV station in southeast Kentucky. So everybody can that's actually awesome. view it. But then once they go through their season, they actually uh, put it on their YouTube channel. So to make it easier for everybody, I put all the YouTube links on our website so people can go straight to our menu and they can look at all the different episodes and click on one and watch it. So we, when we first started out our first season, um, our producer, he, uh, he, he run our episodes. They went at least an hour long. And they was a couple that went a little over an hour. And so we met back up with them for season two. And we was like, listen, you can't do our episodes. People gets bored, even though we're hilarious. And everybody's, <laughs> you know, because it, it, you know, because they come to us and said, we want to do a reality show. And the first thing that popped in my head is MTV Real World, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, uh-uh, no, I'm not doing that. And he's like, no, I don't mean it that way. We just want to showcase and show what you guys do. And he said, you know, I'm sure y'all are going to be funny about it at some point. And I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, we, we can do that. So, you know, there is some hilarious points in there. They, uh, the girls, I'm actually pretty clumsy. So when, <laughs> when we go on events, the girls is in the back running bets on how fast it's going to take Melissa to fall. So <laughs> usually every episode somewhere, I fail somewhere. So as a matter of fact, it was my birthday yesterday and, and uh, Wendy Race um, she is actually, a, she's now a state director up in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. She actually posted a video on my page and I had just failed. They didn't actually get me falling, but I've got mud all down my leg. And she said, hey, Melissa, what'd you do? And I said, I just fail. 
<laughs> so it's just a little short, like probably five or six second video, and she was wishing me a happy birthday on it. So, so how but, can people find that online? Is it just Wildlife Women on YouTube? Um, we we have a YouTube that you know it's it's under us, but we actually don't do a lot on YouTube. People was always asking us to. But we have to turn in all of our videos to the TV station. So gotcha. the TV station actually has our shows on their YouTube channel. So it's actually under Hometown 24's uh, YouTube channel. But like I said, if it, yeah, but if they go on uh, wildlifewomen.com and that's pulled up our website and just look at the menu tabs at the top. And there'll be one that uh, it'll say WWTV and click on that. You'll get to see all the episodes down through there. So, but I like I said, our, yeah, our season two, they were shorter episodes. Of course, they was 30 minutes. So we've got season three. Um, it's going to be releasing on the TV network in May is what they're shooting for. Um, so it'll probably take it a, uh, roughly about four to six months before they actually put that on their YouTube channel. So hopefully in about six months, I'll have season three up on our, on our website. So everybody can watch that, but we've got season one and two on there right now. Wow. That sounds awesome. You're a TV <laughs> star on my podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't call me that, but we just, we just laugh. We have fun and people love to watch what we do and love to learn about what we do. And, you know, and, and we just try to record and, and put stuff up for people to see. And also, it gives the opportunity for the women to see what we do together and how much fun we have. We had a Mud and Mascara event. Our uh, marketing director, Erin uh, Bingham, she put that together. And, oh, my Lord, we went camping for a weekend and rode ATVs. And we slung mud. It had been pouring the rain. It poured the rain one night while we was there. We slung mud every which way. We got an ATV stuck in the mud and had to use a hitch. And Erin, she's known as hashtag queen. So she was like, uh, witch queen, you know, hashtag witch queen and all this stuff that she throwed out there. But uh, I ended up, of course, falling in the mud there. And when I fell, somebody ended up taking a mud ball and slinging to somebody. So we ended up getting in a big mud fight in the middle of all this. And we was laughing and hollering the whole time. It was it was hilarious. We had a big time. <laughs> That's hilarious. You sound like a woman that has a lot of fun stories. And, uh, <laughs> the, and I remember on the phone, you mentioned something about wrestling down a hog and sticking it in the heart with a knife. You want to elaborate <laughs> on that? <laughs> sure. Well, our um, chapter leader, Kristen Carlisle, she was down in uh, Alabama. And uh, of course, you know, the southern states have a real bad hog problem, wild hog problem. You know, we don't have that problem. It's starting to get into Kentucky a little bit, but it's not too bad. I know here in Spencer, Tennessee, um, my sister's got some on her farm. They killed 30 last year, but it's not like it is down in Alabama and those places. So Kristen uh, had a hog hunt. So here we go. They was, I think there was 11 of us ladies that went down there. And uh, she said, now, girls, this is the way we do hog hunting. She said, we stick them with a knife. We're all like, what? She said, yeah. I said, we use dogs just like you would coon hunting. She said, we turn those dogs loose, and they go in and corner up a dog. And then we take a catch dog with us. And when we get close, we turn the catch dog loose. And the catch dog goes in and grabs that hog by the back of the neck and holds it for us until we get in there. 
we're like, okay, so here we are, all of us strapping on a knife. One of the ladies actually took a spear, and uh, we go, uh, we took turns, and they turn the dogs loose, and dogs go in and find hogs, start barking and howling just like they do a coon, and we go in and turn the catch dog loose, and we go in there, and there's a couple of guys, and us ladies, we're one or two of us ladies, and we all go in and somebody gets the dogs off the hog and somebody grabs the hog by its feet and, and uh, just throw it over on its back and we go in and stab it right in the heart. Now, people may say that's cruel, but to be honest, it's not because if you shoot a hog, usually they're going to survive because a hog's hide is real tough. And as a matter of fact, one of the hogs that was stabbed down there when we was down there had been shot and it was still alive, but the whole leg and side of it was infected and that hog was still going. Wow. So a hog's hide is so tough that you take a chance of trying to shoot them and you may not kill them. I mean, I'm not saying you're not going to kill them. I'm just saying you really have to have some really good ammo and a good gun to kill a hog. And they move that sometimes you may miss and not hit them in the right spot. So the way that Kristen was brought up and a lot of people down there in her area, it's a lot more humane to stab them in the heart because you know you're going to kill them and they're dead within a minute because they bleed out. So it was a technique we learned and it was definitely an adrenaline rush. <laughs> it was definitely something that I'll never forget. And one thing I will say is that hog meat sure tasted good. Oh, yeah. I love wild hog, wild hog bacon. Yeah, it was good. I got the opportunity to actually kill two hogs while I was down there. Um, I actually went in with one lady on the last day who hadn't killed a hog yet. She went in, and uh, I was videoing it for her, and uh, she stabbed it. And about the time she stabbed it, and the guys was like, okay, we got this. And they started looking around for the dogs and realized the dogs was gone. And we was right beside a swamp and got to looking, and the dogs had went after another hog in the swamp. And they were latched onto the hog, and the hog was trying to drown them. And the guy was like, oh, gosh, it's going to kill our dog. Somebody got a knife. And I said, I do. I still got mine. And I threw down the camera. And he said, let's go. He said, I can go try to grab it by the tail and bring it to you. I said, well, no, I'm a Kentucky girl. I'm a southeast Kentucky girl. What are you talking about? I'll go out there. So here I go traipsing out there, and the water was up to my waist. But we got to it finally, and he grabbed it by the tail. And then I grabbed it, and then I had to stab it a stab it but we got it up on the shore and that was my biggest hog that that hog was pretty good size i'd say it's about 180 pound hog man i know they're awful dangerous they can bite you they got some nasty tusks they How are. Have them like that without them turning around and laying in on you oh well, you've got to be careful that's why we we only took a certain number of people in when we knew we had one you couldn't take a big crowd didn't want to take a chance of something happening um, you had to be cautious. You, you know, with us being new at it, we had to stand back in a sense behind somebody and in a way so that we could know what to do and so that they could kind of guide us and tell us what to do. And, uh, Kristen Carlisle, she's tough, buddy. She, she got us in there and she took all of us girls in there, you know, one by one and got us in there and she'd get those dogs off and those guys would rest, get stabbed. It. So it was an awesome experience. One of us ladies got to take us a, a hog home, and uh, we was able to feed our family with it. You know, what better way to do it? 
That's awesome. That's an awesome story. <laughs> it's always <laughs> asked my guests for interesting stories. Uh, can I get one it's, more off of you? What's your favorite story from working with wildlife women? Oh, geez. My favorite story. That's a tough one. It really is. Um, <laughs> I'd have to say um, I've got quite a few. I'll say this. Uh, the best stories that I could ever have while with wildlife women is when I have other women coming up to me and some of them has even been in tears and brought me into tears by thanking us for doing what we've done because it's gave them so much confidence and educated them so much more to be able to do what they've done that day in the outdoors in the future. And that is really something that has you know, we, we get busy with our day-to-day life and then we'll hold this event. And I have this lady to come to me and say this. And it makes me realize deep down inside why I do what I do mm-hmm. and why I do wildlife women. You know, it, it's all about just being able to bring more people, not just women, but more people into the outdoors. Because with a woman, you've got, she's an, a mother, she's an aunt. She's mm-hmm. a daughter, you know, she's, she's all these people and men are too, but with a woman, she's, she's at home more in a sense or known to be, you know, running with the kids and doing this and that. And what she can do, she can also spread her education or her knowledge of the outdoors to the children that she is with, whether it's through the week or on the weekend, whether it's her own children, whether it's her niece or nephew or the neighbor's kids, you know, because stuff in the outdoors is becoming a dying breed in a sense, because there's, there's all this technology. You've got all these kids sitting at home in front of an Xbox and you got Disney channel teaching them that, you know, animals are, have souls and animals have feelings and, (laughs) You got the whole Bambi generation that feels bad for Bambi's mom getting killed. I mean, come right? On. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure Bambi's mom got ate. All the meat was used. You know, it fed the family. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> the whole generation is nuts. I mean, they just made they just made trapping illegal in New Mexico, right? And New oh, Mexico yeah. has some of the um, the highest quality furs in the country when it comes to bobcats. Oh wow. And, yeah trappers all over the country are losing their rights you know and it's the trappers that are going to be the first ones to go that's my general view then it's going to be hunting and then it's going to be fishing i don't know maybe fishing will hold off the longest but you know this new generation of kids they're not interested in the outdoors right right and and that's what you know with us that's what we're hoping that by you know bringing more women into the outdoors that we're hoping it brings more children into the outdoors and even more people, even, you know, if a woman learns how to do something, then she might even can help her husband and they can have more family time together, you know, or her significant other or or whoever she's with. And, you know, it, it might can even be a better bond, a better family commitment that way by being able to take something that maybe we've taught her, and worked with her or showed her, and then she's able to pass that on and use it with her family and bring them tighter and, and have a better relationship. 
Wow. I like that answer. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's uh it's a lot of fun. And uh what one is it? Oh, sorry about that. A technical difficulty. Yeah, anytime we can get our families involved in hunting and fishing, you know, that's that's going to help the future of this sport. It's going to help our generation, the, you know, the, the next generation. You know, because you have a whole new generation of kids that don't know how to hunt. And, you know, the shit hits the fan and right. you have to hunt to survive. You have to learn these skills. You have exactly. to know how to start a fire and all this stuff. And these kids aren't going to aren't going to know what to do. They're going to they're gonna die. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I totally agree. I've said the same thing. I said, who's to say that we're going to be able to have this life that we have in the future? Mm -hmm. Who's, you know, who knows? There could be some, you know, all the computers can go out or who knows? You know, they they always have these big theories and. People, you know, is always trying to stockpile, you you know, and, and I don't blame them. But, you know, you need to learn how to do this stuff because it's going to benefit you one day, I'm sure. Whether it's that you're broke and you have no money, but you can go out and catch you some fish or go out and kill you a deer or something and be able to feed your family, you know. That's what it boils down to. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So uh, before we wrap this up, how can people get involved in Wildlife Women? Say there's a woman that's interested in, in joining you guys. Uh, how can they find you online? Well, they can just go to uh, www.wildlifewomen.com. And we are always putting our events up on our website. And we also have our Facebook page. And our Facebook page is full of information. It has our events on there. And they can uh, turn on their notifications on their Facebook page or they can sign up for emails on our website down at the bottom and um, they'll get notified, you know, when something is new is put up, whether it's a post or an event or what have you. And if it's something that they want to come to, they're more than welcome to come to it. Um, you know, it, it'll give them all the information uh, if there's a cost. Um, or where it's at, when it's at, um, if it's women only, if it's family, if it's women and children or, or what have you. And uh, they can uh, just click on the event and put going. And if there's money, it'll, it'll have the ticket thing where they can click on that to send it. So. Wow, yeah, that's how I found you guys on your Facebook group. And you do post quite often and share a lot of stories and a lot of inspirational stuff. I really enjoyed watching uh, you guys' posts, and I'm excited to watch your TV show now. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm so glad. You'll have to get on there and watch. I'll uh, see. The turkey hunting event was pretty funny. Uh, me and Bridget went turkey hunting with a, a, a retired game warden named Biggin, and he set us up in a hoochie shack. To, to turkey hunt out of and I was trying to remember what we named our decoy it was something crazy but uh, hoochie mama or something I can't remember <laughs> but uh, Bridget killed her a big old gobbler in that episode and, and like I said we got mud and mascara and there's quite a few there's some all the episodes are good I won't say there there's none that's bad but I, there's some there's some quite funny uh, things going on in some of them and uh, I will say I know for a fact in the first season, I'm not sure in the second season, but our producer, he put some bloopers at the very end after the credits. 
So there was some good bloopers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was some really good bloopers. Let me just tell you. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. You sound a little goofy out there. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on the show, Melissa. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. Uh, I love that Kentucky accent. <laughs> you tell some interesting stories. You're a good storyteller. Um, do you have any sponsors or any shout outs you want to give? Um, we have quite a few, uh, sponsors and, and, uh, people who, uh, you know, uh, help sponsor us, I guess you could say we actually, we offer, it's not something that's required for anybody to attend any of our events. We, we actually offer a wildlife discount card and it's available to anybody, men or women. And it's up on our website. They can get on that and look at it. And uh, if they purchase that for $30, it runs from January to the end of the year. Or maybe the end of January, I'm sorry, to the next year of the end of January. We had to fix that. But anyway, um, there's about 30 different sponsorships on there from different national and local businesses. That if you buy that, then we automatically email you the discount codes. And you can get some discounts anywhere from 30%. Um, is I think, well, actually we just added a couple more. That's uh, one is 40%. So, uh, there's Huck and there's, um, Drake waterfowl and there's, um, there's some fish and stuff on there. There's all kinds of different stuff that they can get some different discounts on. So they can check that out on our website also. Well, that's incredible. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Melissa. I can't wait to have you on again, you know. Awesome. I sure appreciate you having me, Zach. I'm so glad that you found us. And, yeah, everybody keep up with us on uh, Facebook. We have Instagram also. But uh, Facebook has just got more information on it and, of course, our website. So that's where a lot of the information is. And Instagram has a lot of the posts. So, (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And thanks everybody for listening. And hey, I went an entire episode without saying 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys.